Okay, welcome back. Uh, this is the Kinsight Podcast. My name's Amy, and I'm here with Laura Menson Kayser and Lindsay Menson. Um, we are talking to uh, the founders of Kin about their story and sharing their story in in multiple parts. Um, they wrote this story. Uh, it's, it can be found on the website kin.co, um, and we just thought it would be a great way for us to get to know you guys better for you to get to know us better so we're um taking that journey with you again um with some added questions and stories um of the girls uh growing up and of their journey in business together so today we're going to talk about um a, a portion of the story called family ties um i think we spent a lot of time in the in part one talking about the influence of your dad Yep. on your life and especially in your childhood. And I think it's a great opportunity now. We also spoke about, um, you know, growing up in the Turks. And if you haven't seen or heard that part of the story, I encourage you to, to go back on the on the podcast and listen to part one. But I really wanted to kick off part two with a discussion about your mom because she doesn't kind of feature in, in part one as much mm -hmm. as I know you know, I know she had such a big impact on your life. Um, so I think she deserves kind of a moment uh, in part two to talk about her. I want to kick it off more with, so I met your mom maybe twice, not, not mm -hmm. an awful lot of times, um, but I obviously didn't know her very well. So I kind of want to just kick it off with, tell if you were telling someone like me who didn't really know your mom about your mom, how would you describe her? Ah. All right. Do you want to go, Laura? You want to, so we're not talking over each other? Um, <laughs> sure. I can try and describe her. I thought you were going to ask for her history, and then I was going to say, Lindsay, oh. give that away. <laughs> okay, well, let's cover that. Let's cover Let's cover the history, and then let's cover a description. We can cover both topics. Okay, you do oh. a quick history, Lindsay, and then I'll kind like of... Like history of mother's life? Of mom's yeah. life? Yeah, sure. Like a, a quick one. Uh, a quick okay well if I'm too slow you pick it up Laura if I'm moving too slow okay um so like she, where she was like from birth <laughs> like one of four children to her parents yeah 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 okay okay oh you got it you got it um yeah so she's from Colburn Ontario it's a small town in southern Ontario um born and raised there with uh their four siblings she's the youngest um and uh when she, well, I don't know, how far do I get? When she was born, her mom had a nervous breakdown. And oh so boy. mom, the first six months of mom's life, she had to live with another family and then she came back and yeah, crazy, eh? Wow. And she was number, where was she in the lineup? Four. She was the fourth. And so oh, she had- okay. uh, Understandable they have, then. <laughs> they had three girls and a boy. Uh, and so, yeah, she's the youngest- she was like the energy, the fun, the life, a lot like Laura, actually, in this, in our three, Mike, Lindsay, Laura, uh, Laura was the youngest and she was bubbly full of life. She kind of had, mom and her had that same energy of like fun is first. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't know, growing up, she described her life like, like she was kind of always daydreaming in her childhood and she had a very um, strong imagination. She sang and played guitar and as she got older she performed and she eventually recorded actually she recorded an album a little record like 
And uh, when we were growing up in Colburn, Ontario, our basement was a sound studio. So she was, she had all the gear down there and she had like, yeah, and then we would play in it. Were both your parents musical? Not No. No, no. Okay. Just your mom. Okay. Okay. Her dad wished he was, but um, this, uh, they met, well, maybe they met other ways, but the story that I know how they met was dad was living in an apartment in Colburn and um, his sister Lydia knew that mom like dad or dad like mom, I don't know, and set up like a guitar lesson. So mom showed up at his apartment to teach him guitar. And, and the rest then, was history. And the rest the was rest history. history. <laughs> how old how old were they when they met? Were they in their twenties? She was Our seventeen. Yeah. Oh wow, she was young. Or she was even younger, maybe. No, but yeah. I think she was seventeen. She was still in school. He was out of school. He was already a contractor at that point. Um, okay. Or just getting started. And then um and then yeah, did I skip over anything? I don't think so. Yeah. They, they lived kind of up on, up on the hill that our grandfather, her dad continued to live on for many, many years up until he passed. But actually, actually, that's not where they grew up. They grew up right in town in Colburn and that, that they lost that the family property. I don't know who owned it, but my grandpa, our grandpa was born and raised in Colburn. So we go back generations in this tiny little town and he was like, he became Mr. Colburn toward the end of his life. Um, but he ended up um, buying his own family property back and building oh, right. the home. I don't know if they built the home or the home was built on the foundation of his original family house. And so they reclaimed it as theirs. And we grew up, that was going to grandma and grandpa's at on the top of the hill. Yes, that's right. And yeah. interestingly, our mother also, um, you know, went through being bedside with her own mother who passed away of breast cancer. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. And that happened the year we moved back from Provo to Canada. Uh, we moved back partially because grandma had breast cancer and she was sick. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, mom was, we were just down the road from their house. So we were there and she was cancer care helper for her mom. Yeah. Wow. I think I that's, know yeah, that. that's like a little background on her. And then... Obviously, we and then becoming a family, she marries our dad and then has the three of us. But if you're asking like who she is, like what? Yeah, like if you were if if, you know, if I didn't know her, which I really don't. um, And, you know, kind of what her character was like, what what it was like to be around her, what, (laughs) you know, what she liked to do. Yeah. Yeah. So she's she was like the sunshine, um, (laughs) just like a ball (laughs) of fun energy um really really funny so she had like a wick sense of wicked sense of humor that we all really got in fact like Lindsay Michael and I and mom could laugh did laugh all the time together including throughout her whole um journey when she became sick so yeah laughter was a huge yeah laughter was a huge healer and connector in that time yeah and so just a question on that so when you you know because we talk about in part two you talk about um growing up kind of in going through the teenage years did that laughter um was that something that it was in your house during the teenage years like how tumultuous were your were your teenage years 
It, no, it was always like, well, from my perspective, again, it's always different for Lindsay and I, because we're three years apart. So we're moving through different experiences and we had, you know, sort of different relationships with mom. But um, from my perspective, as the youngest, um, everything was like pretty smooth sailing and enjoyable and fun. And I kind of thought our little family got along quite well. Um, and came around the dinner table together all the time and she would wrestle with Mike and like I just saw her as this like strong cool mom who kind of was doing did it all. Do you notice did you do you remember any kind of a change I mean I know you were a bit younger Laura but like from your mom as married in Turks to your mom as single mom was there a change in her that you noticed or was she like just steady? Um well, I would have, I recognize her more kind of post dad, because that's when mm -hmm. like, we were just always, always together. Um, I don't know, maybe Lindsay, you would, you would not have noticed a shift more because you were a bit older from Provo mom with dad to yeah. single mom in Colburn raising three kids. <laughs> I think in hindsight, yes, but as I was growing up, I wouldn't have noticed because as kids it's like you know we're in our own world a little bit um but in hindsight she was she was like a lioness she was a, a mm. she was like she's taking care of all three of us managing the house managing her life as a single woman in the world and like I remember her deciding to go back to work and she just she just didn't do it the normal way she just kind of had an idea she created these flyers and she was faxing them all around like you know with her skills of what she liked to do she, she she was like a bookkeeper for a dad forever and she's like well I can do the, this this will be easy and, and before so she, she even launched into that she went back to school right while she was yeah, taking care of us she did yes she went back to school and and loved it and like she hated well she didn't hate school but she kind of she liked the social side of school when she was in school it was more about that for her um so when she went back as an adult it was really cool and I don't and I don't think Laura I forget that because she was just like getting you know acing it and just feeling really good yeah. um and it's such a different experience when you're ready and want to be in school and then mm -hmm. when you don't when you don't want it um but yeah what else I think did she get know, it did she go back to work yes yes uh yep she I, I don't remember the first job was it when we were in Coburg uh, yeah, I think she might have done like smaller odd jobs from Colburn, but when we moved to Coburg, then she started working with Sharon and right um, in yes. the office. Empower or something. I can't remember. Neither. But yeah, she had, she she did the book. She did bookkeeping and she did kind of admin mm -hmm. for I don't even remember the company, but yes, she got a job. She went to work. She loved it. She made she got best back friends out there. With, she yeah, and she just, and she made Did everyone's she... lives better in the offices that she was in. She just be she became human resources wherever she worked, and she managed everyone's shit. Happiness. <laughs> everyone's happiness. <laughs> Did she ever get back out there romantically? Yeah, yeah. she did quite soon. Um, quite soon after, um, her and dad like separated actually. Um, so the next man in her life and mom's also like a romantic um oh, like dreamy romantic. romantic writer like fantasy novels loves all mm. of that 
Um, the next man that came in her life was a big part of our life too, uh, Tony. So for me, he was he was a second dad for sure. And I opened my heart right up to him for that. And um, I think for Lindsay and Mike, it was a little bit different because they're a bit older. And there's this, this new long haired man in our life. He also had hair down to his shoulders, although his was dark and dad's was blonde. And um, he had he was, a he was like to a him. He was a mechanic and a biker and um, yeah, he just, he just had a bit more of a ruggedness to him, but mm. this giant, giant heart. Um, and Tell mountains. them about him a little bit more. Like what did he drive then? Just oh, he drove, yeah, he drove a cow car. So like a station wagon <laughs> that was painted like a dairy cow, okay. like white with black spots. On purpose? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yep. Okay. And he um he played hockey a lot growing up, so he lost quite a few teeth and stuff. So he had like these fake <laughs> teeth that he would pop in and out all the time, but just secretly to us. And so we'd freak out because he'd pop it right Only out. to Laura, only to you. He never mm -hmm. ever did it for, for Mike and I. So we never believed it was true. Like and Laura would be like, he just did it. And we'd be like, stop. <laughs> Later in my life, he gave me a necklace with the tooth with the little gum piece on it oh like a what a interesting gift <laughs> very oh man he was a lot of fun mom I think mom just like soaked him up for how much fun he was for our family and how we kind of mm -hmm. slept in and held us all and made every holiday just like so awesome He's the best gift giver and um so yeah she had a few actually she had a few loves after dad Aylin's yeah, ever... Tony was the biggest one. Was the biggest one, and he actually stayed in her heart after they um, broke up for a very long time. They have a there's a whole romantic story there. There is too, for another for another time. Yeah, but she didn't um, remarry though. No, she just about she did. Didn't remarry, right? Just oh, about did. Got to close. Tony. She almost married Tony. Yeah, but they didn't. And then Dave, uh, and yeah, a few others, but yeah. So I just wanted to go back a little bit to you talked, um, Lindsay, I think you touched on it, this idea of having different relationships with your mom and, and, you know, to date, you kind of have described her together and kind of the collective outward version of her, but maybe I, I was hoping you could elaborate a little bit on each of your different relationships with her, especially in that growing up phase. Yeah. Um, we had a really close relationship, mom and I, when I was, um, a little bit younger, kind of before I met my uh, my ex husband Matt, um, which I who I met quite young, but we had just a really close um, friendship at a young age. And Laura will probably say the same as well that she developed a really strong friendship with mom, and um, and sh and we just kind of flowed really easily together. We could have conversations easily. We could go on trips together easily. Like everything just felt really comfortable and easy and there's a lot of love. She had so much love to give um, all the time. Um, she had challenges with our brother growing up that Laura maybe didn't see, but like he changed as he became a teenager as we do and just would just live in the basement. And I think that was really hard for her because she's like we have been saying, she's so full of life and so fun. And so it would have felt a little bit like rejection, you know, mm -hmm. that he would just prefer to be down there um doing his thing but it is just it's really just a part of our evolution as teenagers to have our own space um and he lived 
our brother lived with women, right? He had the two of us and our mm. mom. Right. So that was a challenge in itself too. So he was carving out his own, his own domain. And that was yeah. felt maybe a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was, he was floating away. Yeah. And I was like, I had a harder time with Tony when he came in. I was probably more like, yeah, I don't know about you. Probably uh, pretty much the whole relationship. I had a little bit of that edge. Whereas Laura, because she was younger, she was just right in into like, yes, I'm be my, my dad. Father now. <laughs> <laughs> New daddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then what about you, Laura? Yeah, I think um, I remember feeling a shift at a certain point where I could see that mom, she was really looking like beyond the mother daughter connection. She was really looking for a friendship, um, which I think is okay. I think some people would say maybe the level of friendship might've been unhealthy, like in certain instances, but I would do it again and again and again. Like we just had so much fun together and like, just like Lindsay said, it was like, she would be a person I would choose to go on a trip with and go out for dinner with and go sit on a patio with because it was just always so much fun. We had very, we were very similar. Um, so <laughs> it was easy. Um, I'm just thinking, hard... Laura, because hmm? Laura, Laura says that about us about Laura and I and I wonder if we had had a different relationship with our mother we surely would have had a different relationship with each other yeah too. but yeah. we have we have that together we love to hang out too we work all day <laughs> and then we were like okay and let's we go want to get together at night <laughs> Yeah, just for the people that maybe those that don't know you um, as well as I do, um, you do spend a lot of time together. Like you, you work on a business together. You choose to spend most of your free time together. I mean, I think in my, in my personal experience, I've not met sisters. I don't think I can count even one other pair of sisters that spends as much time together and likes each other as much as you guys do. Wow. So that's a, both a compliment and also I hope I'm, it's healthy. I'm, I hope it's healthy. I think I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there. I've also seen a healthy level of um, honesty between the two of you. So I think that that's um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, passive aggressiveness. Uh, there's no like no pushing things mm. down. So I, I think that's as long as you're willing to deal with with that stuff right up up front. I think that's mm -hmm. and that's a good I'm, point too, Amy because I think we also get that from mom because she was so open, honest. She was such a sounding board for us growing up. Like we could just share anything. I felt like I didn't feel like I had to keep anything secret from her. No. And I think that's a gift. If you can get, if you can be that parent for a teenager, then that's a gift. And she definitely held that space for us. And do you intentionally, I'm wondering if you intentionally kind of look at the way she was, she parented you and with your own children, again, for those who don't know the two of you, Lindsay has a son and Laura has a daughter. Um, and just like, do you look at that parenting relationship and what do you take from it as like, I'd like to do this. And what maybe do you say, mm, maybe I think my, I might do this a little bit differently, maybe from both your parents, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, for, for me, um, I think I am aware of that friendship line and not 
crossing it to not going too far into like buddy buddy with my kid mm. um I think it's important for us to to also be the parent um mm. and and be strong in that role too but the the part that is fun and funny and doesn't take life too seriously and um and the part that is open-hearted wants to listen and let all the feelings be there and you know hold space for my my child I try to do those those things as much as I can and it is a hard balance it this friendship piece it's a hard balance I can see this my son is 10 I can see how it can happen as and I don't know if, again if it's a bad thing or a good thing but I do think there's probably a just a balance you know mm-hmm. yeah mm. yeah I can't wait what for about- her to grow up and I can take her to a patio <laughs> oh wow <laughs> Laura's ready to drink wine with her one and a half year old. I'll try not to put too. I will try not to put too much pressure on her to be my best friend. <laughs> um, that's yeah, we, I think uh, there needs to be a balance. We had a friend over the other day, and we were our um, my, the children in my life are actually adults now. Um, and someone that was visiting us, we were speaking quite frankly about a few things, and where our friend pointed out, he's like, "I can't wait till I can talk like this in front of my kids." Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's once they get there, it's super fun, but it's okay. You got, you got a lot of things in between to enjoy, Laura. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. In between now and the patio season. Yeah. So, so let's move on a little bit to, to more of a timeline because this is, you know, this part of your story also covers a time where you kind of, you know, move through elementary school, high school, and now you're starting really to go your separate ways and probably a, a time in your life where you were the most separate, really, because once you come back to the Turks, you, you kind of have stayed pretty connected since then. But um, I just maybe for those of us who don't know, um, and even myself, you know, talking to Lindsay and Laura before this, I was confused about the timeline. So you finish high school and then what? And maybe, you know, Lindsay, take us through kind of your journey, where you went, what you did, and then Laura, you can you can follow that up. Sure. Um, yeah, so I graduated high school and I did a quick little tour of Australia with my boyfriend at the time. And then, uh, and then I moved to Ambergris Key for a year and that was kind of a, my brother had moved the year before and it was sort of an expected time. Everybody spend a little time on Ambergris before you go to school or before you start your job or whatever it is that you're going to do. Um, and so I went there, lived there for eight months. And like I said, in part one, it was very rustic. We were like pioneers kind of living and working on this Island. Um, a very, uh, exciting time for me even though it was quite uh like simple just my brother and I living on an island working but I learned so much about myself about the world I read so many books it was like I didn't need to do anything else in life if that's the only thing I did with my life that one year on the key that's that's enough um and so and then and then I left there and decided I was going to go to school maybe I liked the city (laughs) of Ottawa I liked the city of Ottawa. So I was like, I'm going to live in Ottawa and then maybe I'll try and go to school. So I applied to um, the University of Ottawa to study art. And I remember saying in, in, in the um, interview as well, I was like, I just want to live in this city. If you want me to come to the school, I would love to come. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> that's right. You know what? That's interesting. I didn't know that about you. And you, do you know, that's the exact same reason I ended up in Ottawa. Oh, really? I just loved Ottawa. I just oh. loved Ottawa. Well, I grew up bilingual, right? So in my, in my world, I, Ottawa was the, the epitome of a bilingual city. And I just like with the parliament buildings and how they enjoyed the winter. And I was like, that's the city for me. So I basically applied to like Carleton and Ottawa U. And I was like, I'm going to one of these schools. Whoa. I don't, I just don't know which one. Yeah, that's That's so cool. Yeah, that's that's it. And I didn't care if I went to school or not. I was just excited. I was excited about the winter, which is weird coming from Ambergiste too, but also because it's Ottawa and it's cold. And I had no idea. I actually had no idea what I was getting into. Getting into. I feel (laughs) the exact same. I was like so excited about skiing and everything. And then uh, in my first year, I was like, okay, I bit off more than I could chew with the winter yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had, I had to get like the biggest coat, the biggest boots. I made sure that like only the slits <laughs> of my eyes could be shown, like as I was trying to get from class to class, it was like pretty brutal, but, um, yeah, Ottawa U art school, it was a very small, um, program. It's like an unknown program at the university. Of, I don't even know if they still have it at the university of Ottawa. But for me, it was perfect. We were small. All of our professors were obviously artists, Canadian artists. So that was really cool. And we got to work in like the metal shop and the wood shop and plaster. And it just opened my, for me, opened my world. It was my first experience in a Mac lab and learning, you know, Photoshop and all that. And and we, we did darkroom stuff. And then in the time that I was in school it was 2001 to 2005, um, the darkroom sort of became that thing in the back of the art class that didn't no one used anymore almost because mm. digital digital yeah. came in and it was like the big new thing and everyone was going digital and making mixed media and my my but um it was an extremely enjoyable four years of school I had some hardships in my relationship during that time which just kept coming up basically my whole um, my whole relationship with my ex-husband, but um, ex-partner. And uh, then what happened? So then so then we do Hippocrates, which we talk about in part one, while I'm in mm-hmm. school. And then I go back and I, mean, I think I was finished school. I can't remember, but I work at uh, a vegetarian restaurant in Ottawa for about a year. And then we, uh, Matt and I decide to move to Ambergris Key. Mm, back and to Ambergris Key. Yeah. Because so, no one of the questions... Yeah. One of the questions I did have for you was this idea of while you were there in school, like, and and because we kind of, you know, we know and we'll explore your career path and we obviously kind of know where it's taken you, but did you ever imagine doing something else? Like, was there ever another career plan while you like were in school? Ambergus wasn't the, the plan. You mean, for, was it always Ambergus? Yeah, like, was, it, was it always like, I know I'm going to go back and I'm going to be part of this kind of wellness no, industry well, and I'm going to, Yeah. Or not was at it all like for me you had your I mean, own views your own journey your I own think path Laura probably has it Laura probably has a different story but for me I remember a girl in my class telling me my art school and I I was planning to be an artist I was like sure by the end of school I was going to be an artist and live in a city and and Matt was studying music so we were both like we both needed a city he was music right. industry I was art and um <laughs> and, but I want to interject quickly. Don't lose your thought. Lindsay brought home these art projects to our sweet mother's home that she lovingly allowed to leave on display. They took up most of the dining room and living room. Huge pieces of very thin plywood. Yep. 
um, bent at different angles, held one corner to the next with string, and that was it. Guitar string, yeah. Guitar string, uh, specifically. Okay. Those stood, that was like, like Linz went deep with art, like, cause she, there was a <laughs> whole thing with that, you know, that we wouldn't, yeah. I don't understand. I didn't understand. <laughs> Mom maybe did. Well, and especially, I think, especially though, when you're surrounded by it, like she would have been in the university environment. I mean, university environments, generally very liberal thinking. Yes. And then now wow. you're in, in the art <laughs> program and like, you know, everybody's feeding I feel like that's maybe what happened. Oh, <laughs> so you have good. no idea. Like the projects that I didn't bring home that were performance-based. Oh, gosh. Oh. Wow. You don't want to know about them. I want to go anyway, back. Anyway, that, like that was like first year. But so, I really did but like, so you, did think, yeah. you did think you would develop a career as an artist. I did think I would. I, I thought, I think it's funny now, but I, I did think I would. I was really in it. I was really immersed in it then. And uh, and actually only one of my friends, or maybe two of my friends are artists, artists, like galleries and do the thing. They do all the things, the museums and their professors too and blah, blah, blah. But most of them went back to school to be teachers or right whatever they're a mechanic right. or something so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna stop you there because we're back in Ambergris and that's kind of where everything's gonna come back together and just maybe let Laura so Laura you finish high school and then you do what so after high school I go and I do my stint on Ambergris Key which it was pretty unconventional like if I recall all of my peers were going to university like I remember them going into like the human resources offices and like figuring out where they wanted to go and what different electives they were going to take and all this stuff. And I had no idea what I wanted to do really yet. And so, you know, we were so fortunate that we had such an incredible opportunity and, you know, the privilege of being able to go and work down in the Caribbean with our dad on this little island. Um, little did we know we'd be working like dogs from <laughs> dawn to dusk. But... Um, I also wouldn't change that year for anything. It was an incredible life-changing experience to go from like the safe and cozy, comfortable nest of mom into sort of the rugged, wild, unknown of dad and everything that Ambergris Key represented. Um, yeah. But like the amount of skills and learning and experience that happened in those nine months was um irreplaceable just really really cool so after that um I think I thought yeah I'm gonna probably come back and run the spa on Ambergris Key because dad was in the throes of really developing the island and he was kind of at the helm of it and um I kind of had an in there so I went back to uh back to Toronto and I did my spa therapy program for a year and worked in uh, at St. Anne's Spa in Ontario which is a really um, well-known spa in our province and then I decided I wanted to go deeper and like Lindsay mentioned in the background Hippocrates had happened I think part of our yoga training the first part of our yoga training had happened so the wellness sphere was really starting to wrap around me a little bit more and then I went deeper into nutrition and um, studied holistic nutrition um, up you did that in, in, in Toronto, Toronto yeah, right? the Institute of Holistic Nutrition so actually I was going to go back to university. I did like a really fun two week road trip with my best friend out East to look at all the universities and hand in my transcripts and all of that um, to do a nutrition degree. 
but I ended up choosing holistic nutrition because when I looked at the curriculum, it was like, no, this is actually the essence of what I want from nutrition. Like I want all of these holistic modalities. I want to learn about the eye and the iris and um, yeah, and learn about Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine and all the little bits that they touch on in that program. So it was amazing. How um, long was that program? Was it multi-year or was it a year? One year intensive, just a, mm. yeah, mm. one year intensive. And then I did my internship in Hawaii, um, which is just kind of a random shot out there into the world. And I ended up applying and them accepting. And I was like, I guess I'm going to go to Hawaii, mom, and do this out there. And so where, where exactly did you go in Hawaii? So I went to the big island, um, on the North Kohala coast uh, to a little town called Havi, spelled H-A-W-I. Little, nice little community, like very, very forward thinking, lots of little permaculture farms and organic farming and uh, like a really big sense of community there and farmers markets every Saturday and stuff. It was amazing. So the health scene was kind of like on point over there. And the place that I went and did my internship at was called Kokolulu Farm. It was a cancer retreat center and Qigong center. Um, so oddly, this sort of theme of cancer ends up playing out several times um, in my life up until present. Um, but I started there working at this cancer center and there were you know, patients, well, patients, guests coming to the center and um, they were going through like rigorous Qigong and meditation training and then um, like eating the nutrition, like the nutritious meals that they were making there that I was kind of helping with. But I think I ended up doing less nutrition and actually more laboring on the farm, if I recall. Um, but it was an incredible experience because I got to meet all of these different people um, living with cancer, some of them, you know, fourth stage sort of terminal. Um, and, I'm, you know, I can't, I don't know where everyone's ended up at this point, but um, mm-hmm. It was an amazing experience, an amazing three months, and Lindsay and I connected towards the end of my three months and made our plan. To- yeah. So in the in the in the actual article, you basically say like you're back, you're back, and you're like let's start our wellness center, and that's yeah. kind of where I wanted to get to next. So it was kind of something that in part one you talk about that when you're at at Hippocrates, you kind of wrote this business plan. And then put it on the shelf while you guys both went off and did um, did your separate things. And now you're back and and you're kind of saying, okay, we've got this business plan. Let's let's make it happen. Is that is that kind of where where we are now? Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. I was. Yeah. I had been on the key for a year already, and um, they needed something. They needed yoga. They needed spa therapies. They had nothing so what there was- yet what was the concept? Like, was there an, and I'll say, like, I know, I don't, I know the name, but maybe tell us like, what was the name? What was the concept? What was kind of the, the overall vision for it? Well, so on Ambergus, it was, it was called Ocean Rise because that was the name of our dad's, uh, our dad's house. And it was Mm -hmm. on this Northeast point of the Island. The Island itself is kind of shaped like a whale. And dad was on like the the tail, the Mm -hmm. top little tail. So we had the shore, the iron shore all around us kind of breaking all around us. So it was literally like where the ocean would rise up over the rocks. And um, and we transformed his house into a spa for mm-hmm. the for the for the island. He had a yoga studio already, he had a treatment room already, and then towards 
the end of our time there, we turned even our cabanas, which were little uh, little studio rooms down on the coast into, we turned one of them, I think, into a treatment room and we hired, we hired staff. We ended up hiring Rose and Ruby. Uh-huh. And they were spa therapists and Laura. And me, and I, I like, uh, I humped a massage table around that island. Yeah. From like Laura was a Laura Columbus was a Beach massage. Cottage to Columbus Beach Cottage. And like, I would hammer out eight or nine massages a day. Yeah, she did. She did. You did a lot of body work. And Lots then I did most of the yoga, I think. Yeah. Maybe. And then, um, and then we came together for retreats um, and they were small, they were intimate, um, like two to four people or five maybe. Um, and they were what we wanted to do, which at the time was like a raw vegan retreat, something similar to Hippocrates where we can bring in vegan and raw vegan food. We can talk about nutrition. We can talk about holistic lifestyle um, tools um and we did a lot of yoga yeah teach them how to juice sprout yeah were they multi-day like were these like or were they kind of more yeah so the and these people would come specifically to ocean rise with the intent that they were going to do a retreat with you both yes yes yeah and it was funny because we kind of laughed about it with with each one because we were just darting around doing different parts of the retreat but it's just the two of us so we were like doing the, the prep we're in the kitchen she, laura's a nutritionist laura's a cook laura's a yoga teacher um, and then i'll gonna... meet you in the spa room for your facial <laughs> <laughs> i mean i know and things then... have changed a little bit but to be honest with you have they really <laughs> and, well they might be coming back around again because we all and we also did the, the snorkeling and the nature hiking i did that part but oh, wow it was yeah we did the whole shebang and um yeah it was pretty fun and what out of that experience if you guys were to look back what do you think your key learnings were oh good question key learnings in that time we were I feel like we were so young that we had no fear I I felt like we had no fear about what we were doing we weren't like oh should we do this we were just like it was just like a big hard yes and like and we did it and we didn't think we didn't realize like quite you know how kind of cool it was until hindsight until years later I think I think we um, had that confidence too of the that Hippocrates edge behind us because it was still pretty like new stuff to be growing wheatgrass so easily like we just knew how to do all of that grow our own sprouts and um, make nut milks like, yeah, it was, it was nothing to teach people about how to do these very simple things in their homes. Um, and they were, so like I just want to, yeah, sorry. I just want to point out to the people that might be listening. So actually Lindsay and Laura do a whole tutorial on how to do these things that they're talking about on their kin on demand platform. So you grow wheatgrass, you do the sprouting, you do the nut milks, like yeah. you're still really teaching the core principles because mm-hmm. you still back cutting it's it's actually so the time that we were teaching that nobody knew what that stuff was nobody was doing it vegan was like what's that or why would you do that or nut milks what and and nut milks weren't even sold really at the time in the shops like they are now right or or plant-based milks I mean not like, like you had to make milks. your own I feel like you <laughs> had to make your own I don't know so I think it was just a little bit before it's time really. And now, mm-hmm. you know, most people know about microgreens and wheatgrass and green juice and 
Yeah. I think right. and, but a takeaway to go back to your question of like what, what like one of the takeaways was that even then we could see that people were like hungry for this information for these experiences whether it was like being blown away by uh, plant-based gourmet food or a meditation practice um, people were needing so you, this and we so were, you knew you had something you knew you had something there. yeah and we were enjoying sharing it so we were enjoying giving that experience to these people and we still do today <laughs> was yeah. it a yeah. was it a business like was it I'm just thinking like from it sounds so idyllic was it a business or was it did it make no. any money <laughs> so we so we did a whole business plan and we pitched it to um, Ambergus, uh, the GM and whoever, and they were like, no, 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 we're not going to do this because it involved a lot of their money and a lot of like renovations. And it was like kind of a lot bigger. We went big. And then they said, no, 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 we're not going to do this. Let's just do like basically we were employees of Ambergus Key. So Laura was paid whatever she was paid you know, for the massages as a, as a consultant, really, like it was a contract deal. So whatever she charged, she kept. Yeah. And then um, the yoga was the same. And then these retreats actually happened outside of Ambergus Key. So they were just one-offs that we would price out and book and they would come and stay on dad's property and we would do them kind of off work hours. And who knows, did we, we make, did. A, we did make a couple bucks, didn't we? Yeah, we made, we made money. Yeah. I mean, well, to be fair, we didn't have to pay for the place, right? We, <laughs> no, was, that is correct. We were just using our dad's house. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. But it's obviously, um, you know, for those for those who know you, and it's foreshadowing, obviously, this experience that you had on Ambergris in terms of how you would structure your future business endeavors. Um, and we will definitely, we will come, we'll come back to that. So I do know that in... Um, <clears throat> In some time frame, and I assume it's kind of the 2008 to 2010 time frame when essentially there was a global recession, the housing crisis in the U.S. happened, and that affected Ambergris, correct? And okay, that's kind of what led to, yeah. So maybe maybe just like walk us through that quickly, Lindsay, about how Ambergris kind of ended, quote unquote, and then yep. where you went from there. Yes. So our dad, by that time, had moved to Dominican Republic and sold his shares. He was no longer involved on the uh, the day-to-day -day or any part of Ambergris Key other than being an owner. Um, and we were all working there, living there. And at the end of 2010, just coming into the Thanksgiving rush, um, the British Caribbean Bank came over. They were Belize Bank formerly. And they were 60% shareholder, I think, of, of the key already. And they came over and shut everything down. They came over with a, I forget what they call that guy. But this guy came over all dressed in black and he was just ready to just fire everyone, kick everyone the off the island. The receiver? No. Receiver? No. There was another name. I can't remember it. He came over like James Bond and just... Well, I know who basically, that man is. We, you I know. know. Okay. Yeah, we know who he is. Anyway, he came into the... Yeah, we, we went into a room and it was myself and a few of the other... Um, at that point, I was an administrator to the GM. And so I was in there and a few other people. And we were going through the list of all the employees and telling telling this guy who could stay or who should stay, who's necessary, who's most needed and who needs to leave. And uh, 
and that's what happened. And then over a weekend, everyone left the island except for about the 30 employees that are still there today. Like most of them are still there today. Like we met in the cafeteria and they said, there are boats down at the dock. We're going to call out some names and you have an hour to go pack your things and go down to the docks. And they had security and everything there. So it was pretty intense. We had, yeah, we knew it was coming because Lindsay, like she said, she was with upper management a lot. So she knew this was all coming. Um, But most people didn't, not to that, not that it was going to be that sort of fast. Nobody knew. We, so a funny little story is I was in the, I'm, I am working in the welcome center. This is at the, there's a whole airport runway on Ambergus Key. And so this plane comes in, these guys come off and Mary who worked with me and I are coming out with the rum punch, you know, welcome drink. And cold and then, towels. And cold towels, <laughs> the whole thing. And um, one of the staff, one of our staff who meets them at the plane turned around and just did this like hand across the neck, like, get rid of the rum punch it's not this is not a not the vibe not not the vibe (laughs) so we scrapped the rum punch and then yeah the rest is history but um Laura and Matt and I ended up staying there that whole weekend because our dad as you said is an owner so we just took our time uh Meg tried to make the next plan and then ended up back in Provo and very shortly after Laura landed a really awesome job it took Matt and I a little bit longer, but we got mm-hmm. there too. <laughs> so you ended up in Middle Caicos, right, Lindsay? And you stayed so, in Provo, Laura. I actually, I ended up in Amanura, but uh, oh, okay. I was there for two years. Yeah. And I had an amazing job there. It was beautiful. I was a, a naturalist and I opened a nature discovery center and started all their nature programs for kids, for adults. It was really a good, mm-hmm. a great experience for me. And then Laura was managing Exhale Spa at the Gans Ward at the time. Yeah. So you landed on, so you landed on Provo and then your next move is middle Caicos. After Amanyara, I go to middle. So I, I, well, after Amanyara, I get married, uh, I have a baby. And then when my child is so little, like way too little, he was like three and a half months. So like, let's move to middle Caicos. (laughs) Uh Where there's not (laughs) access to anything. (laughs) So, and middle Caicos is, a tiny well it's a large it's the largest island in the Turks and Caicos chain but there's only 150 people on it and tiny little communities Um, but there was this very cool very small boutique resort with like five cottages and three villas and a restaurant that had just opened and they were looking for uh, someone to manage that so Matt and I went over to manage that and I was thinking okay well if I live where I work I'll get to be with my baby more and it kind of didn't work that way, but I was still home at least. I could still just quickly breastfeed if I needed to and all that. But it was also a beautiful experience at the same time for Luke. He just had this probably the most beautiful beach. One of the most beautiful beaches, I think, in the Turks is Mujin Harbor. And it was all ours after 4 p.m. every day. And uh, yeah, so a pretty beautiful, epic place to grow up. What was that? What was that place called? It was called Blue Horizon Resort, and it's now called Dragon Key Resort, I think. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, I think it's still there. It and Mujin Bar and Grill. Mujin Bar and Grill is the restaurant. Um, yeah, and the restaurant was very overwhelming for me, so I didn't really touch that. Matt managed <laughs> that, and I managed the resort and the, you know, the books and the arrivals, the departures, and all that. Yeah. Wow. You guys were a one-family show. Yes. 
we were. And Laura, you started your own business at that time in and around that time as well. Yeah. I, so I was with, um, I was managing the exhale mind body spa and program at Gansevoort, which is now Weimara uh, for about three years. And then I stopped working there and I went and I did some more yoga training. So I went off and did uh, my 500 hour yoga teacher training and just kind of wanted to um, not work in a resort and just do my own thing a little bit more. So when I came back, I was obviously pumped up on <laughs> yoga intensives and ready to teach and share um, and try and inspire people. And so I started just teaching um, like out of a gym here, like a tiny little room mm -hmm. in a gym with my little heaters. I'd bring them in and do hot power yoga and yin yoga and stuff like that. And I kind of started to grow a little following and community that would come to my classes. And that kept me really busy. And alongside um, teaching yoga, I decided, decided to start making um, juices <laughs> um, for people around the island. And so that started with seven people ordering my juice and I would deliver it to them um, every day. And it went up to like 35 people at one point every day. So it was literally like up at five, four thirty or 5 a.m., cleaning all the veggies, whatever juice I was making, juicing, and then like packing everything into an icy cooler and hauling ass around the island, um, dropping off. You started to learn about scaling, scaling. And that's something that I think people <laughs> who live here and work here um, know that it's very hard to scale anything in the yeah. Turks and Caicos because we we don't have uh, the numbers, but that uh, sounds like it was amazing, but turned into a very big logistical uh, challenge. <laughs> Yes, that, that needed to stop. But I think what what came of that was I was like, there are lots of people that are loving this yoga. There's a community developing here. I'm building these relationships with a lot of people just through juice. Um, even people that you just wouldn't at all expect were ordering juices. That was kind of cool. And, and that's when kind of we got to the point of me calling Lindsay and saying it's it's now, the time's now to open a studio space like I can feel it feels yeah feels right so and, and so that timing yeah yeah that's such a good spot for us to kind of start to wrap this one up because essentially those that's how the seeds of of retreat which um you know is is a kind of a well-known brand here in the Turks and Caicos um and really how you guys gain your kind of notoriety here in the island was was through retreat but it sounds like that's kind of how it got, that's how it started. Yeah, that, that is what led us to retreat. That is what led us to retreat. So we are going to um, close it off now. Um, that was great. That was actually way longer than I thought it was going to be, but there's so many great stories. And I think it's so awesome, you know, that you guys are sharing all of this and in, in such a great way for me to get to know you better and for, for the people listening. Um, but we want to give retreat its due because it's such an important part of the history. And so I think we're going to explore that one in part three. Yay. Perfect. Thanks for all the great questions. Great. Amy. No, no problem. All right. So we will see you uh, back here for part three. <laughs>